Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. around the world. Shalom from Jerusalem. This is another Middle East review program of TV7. I am Danny Ayalon. With me, as usual, my good friend, Colonel Reserve Intelligence, Dr. Eran Lerman. How are you? Fine, under the circumstances. Yes, unfortunately, we have had uh, this uh, uh, passing week, a terrible uh, terror attack, uh, which still is under investigation, but uh, there is no end to the murderous ideology and, and and conduct of the Palestinians. I have no doubt that our uh, very effective intelligence uh, uh, services will find the, the culprits. Um, I would say that so far it seems like it has been an organized um, activity, not just one of the ramming or... Two, or two bombings almost at the same time coordinated to do the, the utmost damage. Uh, it looks like this is not uh, a lone wolf's uh, no. act, operation. It's not. And uh, unfortunately, we know that there is a lot of incitement going on in the Middle East, mostly by uh, Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas, Muslim Brotherhoods, but this is something that we have been facing for generations now. Um, unfortunately, we are at the seam lines, you know, of civilizations here, Judeo-Christian and a radical Muslim. And again, I don't include mm. all Muslims, but radical Ultimately, Muslims. it's a battle between, within Islam. Yes. And unfortunately, the, uh, the Islamists, the totalitarian ideologues who have perverted Islam in the last hundred years are using attacks on us on, and on others in the world, as we saw at 9-11 and so on, actually to claim their superiority upon the more moderate forces, which definitely exist. I've just Absolutely. come back from Morocco. I've seen a very different life. Of course. Uh, a very different uh, attitude on the part of a Muslim government uh, towards the West, towards... Israel towards the Jewish people. So I am very wary of generalizing, uh, but I want clearly uh, we see what we see is a pattern of Islamist totalitarian ideology using terror as its tool. No, absolutely. And, you know, there are many divides within Islam. And I am very careful to say it's not Islam. It's radical Islam, which has been motivated by Tehran and other places. Gaza is is one of them. Um, my issue with the moderate Islam is that uh, not that they acquiesce, but they do not condemn harshly enough. And by not condemning and disassociating themselves from this radical Islam, I think this paints the entire Islam in a very, very uh, bad um, picture. But uh, this is something for the Islam and the Muslims to um, to sort out. In any case, we see that uh, still the strategic problem and danger 
in the region and in the world has been and is going to be even further and in a more acute way, Iran. Uh, we have been, uh, of course, witness to the condemnations of the IAEA, uh, calling uh, them to task, the Iranians, for uh, not being transparent enough about the three sites where residual um, nuclear material has been inspected, and they are denying any access. And actually, these three files uh, for the Iranians is a condition not to move forward with the uh, new JCPOA. What, the, Iranians what made it very, the Iranians made it very clear that, among other things, they basically demand that the IAEA should betray its mission, should betray its uh, credibility, and simply close these files without a sufficient answers from the Iranian. That could be the end of the NPT. That may. could may, uh, put a, a very serious hole in the NPT under the waterline, indeed. And um, when they faced a rebuttal, which was, uh, I have to say, I, we, we need to give credit uh, to the present uh, Secretary uh, Grossi, who's doing a very different job from some of his... Rafael Grossi, yeah. Grossi, who's doing some very different job from some of his uh, more, um, let's lenient. say, <laughs> lenient uh, predecessors. Maybe naive, you may say. Naive or worse. Or worse. <laughs> naive or, 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 or complicit. Uh, but uh, his, uh, Amano, Amano was, was firm, and he is definitely firm. And he's sending, a, and this resolution sends a double message. First of all, the IAEA will not uh, fold. And the key European players who were for many, uh, for, for years now, you know, denounced the Trump withdrawal in, in 2018 and uh, supported uh, wholeheartedly a return to the JCPOA have now uh, uh, joined the chorus of condemnation. Of course, this has to do with Iran's nuclear conduct, and Iran's response was cut, was made things worse. And, yeah, what and, do you and make? Yes. First of all, can you tell us what was the Iran's response and what do you make they, of it? They openly announced, uh, and and this has been confirmed by IAEA uh, monitoring, that they are pushing up the level of enrichment uh, to sixty percent. Now, adding a thousand more cascades. And and they they basically broke all uh, all the uh, limitations of the JCPOA already. And step by, and, uh, but this is taking place in Fordow, which is supposed to be much better defended against potential attack under the under the mountain. It's deeper under the mountain. Um, I don't know. The Americans decide to use their mop, their massive ordnance penetrator. Um, I don't envy the Iranians who will be inside the compound, but. Uh, Having said so, they are pushing to sixty percent. Now, for those of just our listeners, those of clarify. our listeners who, do, who don't no longer remember uh, former prime minister and future prime minister Netanyahu drawing his bomb uh, caricature in the UN, sixty um, percent uranium two thirty five is not yet military grade, but it's a very short hop from there to ninety plus which is military grade. Military grade means that if you shoot a neutron uh, into uh, uh, a, uh, a piece of uranium-235 enriched to that level, um, you will get a very quick chain reaction, which basically equates with a nuclear explosion. Uh, 
That's to say we are coming yeah. to the very edge of a military-grade capability. Not Iran, yet a bomb. As long as we talk about some technicalities, you mentioned, of course, the mass and ordinance of the, uh, you know, this, uh, they used to call it daisy cutters or whatever, massive bombs that the, only the... The, the uh, mop and the moab, the yes, mother the of moab, all bombs. Right. Which would be only one grade below a tactical nuclear weapon. I would but say. it's a conventional weapon. Yes. And uh, the, the, that makes all the difference in the yes. world because the Americans are now uh, signaling very brutally to Putin, don't make that exactly. mistake, don't cross that threshold. They have no intention, and I think in technical terms, they probably have no need to cross that Because threshold. it can cause almost similar damage as a tactical nuclear uh, To an underground facility, yes. But but, uh, it it has a very different effect uh, above ground. The long and the short of it, um, we are uh, are at the conjunction of four things happening all at once. The the, um, the, uh, JCPOA negotiations have collapsed, and um, it's very difficult to bring them back on track. Iran is increasingly defiant. And, and making the uh, breakout time towards, a, uh, let's say, enough uh, nuclear material for a bomb shorter and shorter. At the same time, we have the Iranian alliance with Russia. The supply of the Shahed-136 um, drones and other uh, technologies, the ultimate irony that and Iran should be supplying Russia um, which speaks of the Russians more than the Iranians. It's a sad comment on, on, on the, uh, how the Russians were caught flat-footed by this war, which is already becoming quite evident. Which indeed. they had planned, so this is even worse in terms of bumbling it up. Some, sometimes uh, it is when you think you are, you are the planner and you're in control that you're most surprised by the uh, problems of your own making. The long and the short of it, uh, this alliance with Russia has blotted uh, Iran's copybook in the West because there's very deep sympathy in Europe now for the Ukrainians as they advance. Uh, and, uh, and then add to all of this the uh, dramatic ongoing protests, which have crossed. The, uh, the, uh, I think they are far more effective now than they've been in 2009. They've spread all over the country. What they You're lack, talking about the hijab, the hijab revolt, protests, or maybe revolution almost. It, it's shifting gears from uh, protest to revolt, to, and from revolt to an insurrection, when ultimately it could become a revolution. The regime is shaky, and it is increasingly violent, and the violence does not put an end to the protest. The uh, uh, numbers are growing. Uh, People of women of prominence, actresses and so on, are taking a public stand, knowing that they would be arrested for it. The, uh, we, we need to talk, obviously, about the ongoing uh, World Cup, uh, the Mondial in, in Qatar. But in political terms, the scene of the Iranian soccer team refusing to sing the national anthem um, as an act of protest. It's like the, you could compare this to American uh, football players uh, kneeling, but this is uh, a very different situation. Nobody in America would shoot 
a, a protester. Uh, these people are res risking uh, their, their freedom when they come home, not because they lost so badly to England. No, absolutely. And, I and saw the title in one of the Iranian papers. Mm -hmm. uh, England, no, it said, Iran too, England, Israel, and the traitors, six. As if, you know, uh, they suffered the defeat because... Of a coalition against well, them. A coalition This is a regime which is becoming very dangerous because it is being seriously challenged. And I believe, you know, it, it seems like they're almost desperate if they turn into such, I would say, a blatantly cheap and, and, and blatantly um, uh, a lie about, you know, that Israel together with the UK and the US are turning and, and moving it also to the soccer. I think it shows a lot of um, stress, stability and stress. stress. And more than just uh, this, um, this silent uh, demonstration by the soccer team, by the way, they throw, they throw in also Daesh, ISIL. Uh, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, they're also part of uh, this is And the Saudis and all the crocodiles and the monkeys and all of, of uh, all against Iran. Poor little Iran that did nothing. They think <laughs> no, that did because no of uh, Daesh has very uh, poor image in the West, you know, they can uh, drive a wedge maybe between the allies in, in the West. How, how, how you can associate uh, Daesh or ISIL, uh, Islamic State, uh, with uh, hijab burners, I don't know. I mean, that's, exactly. It, it, it just, I agree with you, it indicates a, a point of almost of depravity. Uh, and things are getting, the foundations of the regime are being challenged. Uh, the other day, those demonstrators burned down the museum at the birthplace of Khomeini in the village of Khomeini. Uh, that's, to, that's, that's not just to say the present leadership is useless. It's to say that the entire Islamic revolution has lost so its Iran, legitimacy. Let's drill down. This is very interesting because what you say here is, you know, we have experienced in the last, let's say, two decades, a few, let's say, um, demonstrations and outbreaks of maybe even insurrection. You know, we remember the 2009, the Green Revolution, which was maybe on the cusp of moving into an uh, um, insurgency. But it seems like there is a big difference now because in the past it was more of economic issues, the miners may be uh, striking. Here we, it goes down to the core of the ideology of this regime, which Indeed. is a very, very, um, I would say, pious and very um, religious uh, ideology of, of Islam. And here, starting with the women, and we see ba basically, the women today in the world are empowered. It's not what they used to be. We could see it in the West with the Me Too phenomenon. It seems like the Me Too phenomenon has been uh, um, you know, emigrating to Iran as a hijab demonstration. Well, and I, I hear that uh, women, uh, women leaders uh, from around the world, are, you know, adding their voice to the support, the growing support. This makes it uh, <coughs> impossible, to the best of my understanding, impossible for countries like Germany, France, Britain and uh, Biden's uh, United States 
to all of a sudden turn around and throw a lifeline uh, to the Iranian regime. Because it's not politically correct. Away. It's not, no longer political. These are people who are butchering women and children. Iran, we have spoken about it uh, <coughs> many times before. 2009, there was a missed opportunity. It was then President Obama, actually, who threw the demonstrators in Iran in 2009. Under the, the bus. Under the bus. While two years <coughs> later, he was supporting the demonstrators against an ally of the United States in Egypt, Mubarak, well, which was un, unexplained. I spoke at the time to a prominent Palestinian and said, do you want to know why we are afraid of doing anything anymore that involves relying on the United States? Just look at what they did to Mubarak. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it left a mark. What the uh, revol Green Revolution of 2009 had and this insurrection or, or revolt does not yet have is a leadership. At the time, there were people identified as, as potential leaders. Um, now, it's, it's really, on one, on, on one side, this is very impressive because it's, 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 it's spontaneous, it's, it's burning across the country without an organized chain of command. On the other hand, you do need at a certain point, uh, a leadership to, to make it coherent, effective, uh, uh, if it is to take the, to take the next step and, and destabilize the regime altogether. But we are living through a very dramatic period of time. <coughs> Unfortunately, we cannot gamble on the success of this insurrection, of this very extremely legitimate uh, insurrection that all of us should sympathize with, but we cannot assume that this will resolve the Iranian nuclear portfolio. So what would take so We may to need become... to actually think again about a credible military threat and potentially yeah, credible but military before then, action. Before then, what would make it a very an effective insurrection, I would say, leading into a revolution? And why am I asking that? Because the Iranians, of course, blame the incitement inside on the Zionist regime, on the United States, and others. So my question to you is, should the free world intervene in helping the poor Iranians and especially the poor women of Iran now? And if they do, in what way? And if they do, is it counterproductive or is it going to help the uh, demonstrations? I think that uh, taking a very overt First of all, a military intervention or anything of the sort, a physical intervention in the situation is ir totally irrelevant. Iran is, is not, this is not Iraq. This should be. It's a nation of 90 for, million yeah. and, and, and you cannot land in Tehran and make a difference. No. That's out. So what is in? Uh, at one level, we can, you know, pour in uh, expressions of concrete support and so on. Uh, money, whatever, but that would easily um, help the regime validate its claims that this is an, uh, a foreign conspiracy. But what needs to be done, and I, I would carefully say to the best of my understanding, is being done, is to facilitate the communications. You mean covert operations? Or? Uh, no, for, to, to break the ability of the regime to strangle the social networks 
that enable people to communicate across Iran. Is it like what Elon Musk did to help a Ukrainian uh, deflect the cyber attacks of the Russians? That's the kind of thing that, that uh, the regime wants to basically choke off the internet altogether. And uh, there are ways uh, of overriding such a regime repressive action in the in the realm, in the cyber realm, in the world of the social networks. Because the social networks, as we saw in 2011 in Egypt and elsewhere, uh, and, and in many other places since, uh, they are vital to the ability of, of people, young people, to coordinate uh, their actions uh, in, in such a situation. So that's something that the West could, could do and should do. And... Um Certainly, a, uh, a military operation is not in the cards. It uh, doesn't make any sense. Not in, uh, not in that field. But not it in that is, field. And it could right. be in the cards in the context of the exactly. nuclear project. And should be saved and spared specifically for a strategic threat to the entire world. And this is with a ramping up of the, uh, the nuclear efforts of uh, Iran. Maybe them getting into almost a point of no return. Although, even though they do get the 90%, uh, they still have about a year and a half or two years until to they tool, weaponize To it. tool a, a device into exactly. a weapon. They are not the same thing. What was tested in Los Alamos in July of 45, the first nuclear explosion mm -hmm. uh, achieved by humans, um, was a device. It could not be delivered. Uh, later... Within weeks, they already had the, a bomb, two bombs. That's fat all man. the U.S. had. The Japanese did not know it. The little, little boy and the fat little man. Boy, fat man. And that is, but but to tool uh, a device into a bomb that can be deliverable by by the aircraft or, or on uh, on a warhead of a missile, that is an art that would take some more time. But this is no longer a bottleneck. The bottleneck is enrichment. So we are coming to the very, very dangerous crossroads uh, in the entire Iranian complex. And all of this, while the world is celebrating something else that's happening in the Middle East, which uh, for all the, uh, the pain and, and, uh, and the moral questioning that attended it, um, the uh, World Cup in Qatar is turning out to be, uh, as usual, uh, a grand display of, of, uh, of sport. But let's remember, uh, not only did the Qataris spend the lives of thousands of workers, mostly from the Indian subcontinent, who died uh, in working on, in very difficult conditions to build these uh, grand stadia, which, by the way, will be of no use after the games because Qatar has very little by way of a, a football culture. Unless they will pay themselves again to get another Mundial or maybe well, even Olympics. There's a limit. Years. Yeah, there's a limit to everything, I think. But it turns out that it, it's clearly uh, the, the, a lot of money uh, poured into uh, getting FIFA to bring uh, the games to Qatar. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a country that has dressed up as a legitimate member of the international community, but remains a uh, fountainhead of hate, of, uh, of support for the Muslim Brotherhood's subversion, 
of uh, hostility, deep hostility to the uh, others uh, in the region who are more closely allied with the West. They've paradoxically uh, kept themselves uh, out of uh, America's uh, orbit of anger by uh, allowing the Americans to maintain a major airfield there. But uh, Qatar is a problematic player, no matter how uh, well they've organized the games. But some Iran, tell me if you think that it is true. Some say that actually, you know, there is no, I mean, it's obvious that Qatar, you know, a small desert kingdom with some natural gas in a far-flung place in the Middle East, hosting this grand event, did it only because it paid its way up. You know, actually purchasing it one way or another. I don't want to get into some recriminations. Um, you know, there were some talking about bribes. I don't know about it. And 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 this is as long as point. you don't name individuals, you're yes, not liable you for uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> however, however, liable. however, some say you know that it was obvious. You know, it's very ostentatious, and you see very lavish with all the money thrown in. But at the same time, they may have shot themselves. And obviously, they did I it mean, for the ultimate but, irony yeah. is this. The ultimate irony is this. They've done all this to get Mm -hmm. the world's attention. And who gets the world's attention? Their hated neighbors, the Saudis, who beat Argentina, Argentina, the world world, uh, after 36 consecutive games without a loss. The Argentinians lost to Saudi Arabia on Qatari soil. And the Qataris... You know, we're so overwhelmed that even the prince of uh, the ruler put uh, a Saudi flag on his shoulder. Uh, ironies abound in in all of this because the Saudis just a few years ago led a boycott, of course, of the, and the siege of the GCC countries of the GCC plus Egypt against Qatar. So look uh, how things turn. This is maybe this would be all for the good in the sense that Qatar would uh, find a way to repent on mm-hmm. its past behavior, but that's a bit optimistic. But with all this grandeur, and this is really, is, is very well oiled run, but didn't the Qatari shoot themselves in the hand with their refusal to recognition, to, to, to recognize, you know, uh, uh, the gay uh, presence, they are not allowing even the gay flag, um, women's are put down, all these things actually show again Qatar as a very backward country. I don't know. I don't and know if it's did, a question did, of. A, is this a, what they paid for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, it, Qatar is a paradoxical place because yes, they've tried to ingratiate themselves with the West, even with us in in our days. I remember in the nineties running into uh, uh, Qatari diplomats in the arms control negotiations. One of them was very effusive, handshake and, and uh, niceties. The other treated me as thin air. The, this was actually the bearded one. What happened to Qatar is that while the Saudis played with the Muslim Brotherhood as a tool, the Qataris were actually not careful enough with the surgical glove. It got into their bloodstream, the ideology of the Brotherhood, all the way to Sheikh Hamoza and, and the influential elements in Qatar. And so it is a, a, uh, an Ikhwanji state, and that's where the problem lies. And this they cannot masquerade, nor can they cover, even with such a grand uh, event as the uh, Mondial. Well, thank you all for watching. This was another episode of uh, Middle Eastern Review, actually mixing football with politics. 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.